Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Cantina MX Football Podcast. We're back with episode 283. I'm your host tonight, Jaime Landeros. We finally have the 12 teams that will be competing for silverware in el repechaje en Liguilla. We have some champions abroad from Mexicans abroad winning some silverware. And I have something uh, a little bit extra. We're going to talk a little bit about the MLS, uh, specifically Chofis and some other player in San Jose that might be Mexican. But before I go any further, let's welcome everyone to the show. Coming in from SoCal, Joel, how we doing? Hey, Jaime, doing good, man. Uh, glad to see Chihuahua still on the fight. Absolutely. And coming in from the south, our Puma hermano, Beto, how we doing? A little bit, uh, a little bit depressed, not doing well. Not a, not a good day to be a Pumas fan. Yeah. Not a good season. <laughs> not a good long, not a long while to be a Pumas fan. Not uh, a good, um, yeah, I'll wait, because I have some questions for Cheekies. Yeah, you missed our last uh, pod, so talk. we got to go twice as hard on you for, for missing out last week. And, you know, Pumas had a had a bad outing against Puebla. And then, and then on Sunday against America, uh, y'all had the opportunity. Everything was lined up for Pumas to qualify to Liguilla. Remember, they were in 15th position with 18 points. And everything fell in their favor. The teams that needed to lose needed to lose. And it was all up to Pumas. They had the goal differential. All they had to do was beat America. And they were in repechaje as the 12th spot. And what happened, Beto? It's like uh, just uh, the entire season summed up in one game, maybe. That was... uh... I mean, they were they were getting opportunities. Dineno came and failed pretty much. He failed the team in that game. Salcedo, the uh, Pocho guy, man, he was uh, he was doing well. There's some good news for one of the Pumas players, but a lot of the guys were doing well, except uh, they just couldn't put it in the back of the net. They had many opportunities. And uh, it's like uh, it's like when you're picking on your big brother, you're like throwing, <laughs> you're throwing right hooks and uppercuts on the on the guy, and you're like messing him pretty bad, and he just like thumps you in the head, and you're out for the count. That's pretty. <laughs> that's pretty toying. much what happened. He was just toying with the cat. Well, it looks like it doesn't seem like he's toying. He's toying with you because he's taking the blows and stuff. But then yeah. all of a sudden, uh, you know he. He thumps you. He puts you down. But yeah, Dineno, I think Dineno like failed pretty bad. He didn't come through for the team. Uh, there were some oppor- other opportunities. Yeah. Didn't work out. And we were, you know, we had talked about, you know, we, last season we were giving him a lot of props for the great season hit he was having along with Coco Liso. But, you know, obviously... 
you know, you guys sold his partner in crime, so, you know, he basically had to carry the team. And uh, it just goes to show, you know, me and Hoda were, were talking about this, like, you know, Pumas were in the final, like, last season yeah. against Leon, you know, as the second best team in the league. They, they were the only two teams that had only lost one game the entire season. You know, Leon was getting all the accolades and, and credit for this, but Pumas were also the team that had only faced or tasted defeat once last season. How do you go from having that kind of season to 15th position, man? 18 points. You know, well, you know what I'm going to say? And it's something um, a lot of fans, I guess they forget. It's just how even the league can be because as, as bad as Pumas' season like was, they were only two games from qualification. So had they won two games, that would have given them six points. And that would have uh that would have put them in, in eighth, you know, in eighth place. Uh and and you know, they, they just they just didn't it's the other thing we were talking about how when teams do good Normally, doesn't mean if you keep the squad, you're gonna you're gonna stay on track. A lot of times, you need to, you know, power up still. Uh, and that was that was Puma same with Chivas. Uh, Chivas twenty three points. Had they won two games, that would have been twenty nine points. That would have bumped Puebla. Puebla has twenty eight. So um, it's 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 pretty close. A lot of times, I, I think fans go more for the how the team looks. <laughs> you know, they they see all the teams playing ass, or or this game is boring, but they don't realize just how how difficult it can be because because there's not that much. Uh, I'm, I'm say like that much difference between a lot of the 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 clubs are pretty evenly matched, and so. Is the only thing, and I'm trying to make it Chivas, but when people would criticize Vuce, and it's because, well, he just didn't want to get washed. You know, you you lose one or two games like that, and and that makes it even more difficult if it goes down to to goal differential. Let me clarify something though for Pumas. Dinano isn't like a playmaker guy; he's sort of like a target. And so yeah. he wasn't going to really, like, take Pumas on his shoulders. He received plenty of service. Like, he got, he had some good crosses and, like, a header, a ball to his feet, where he just didn't capitalize. He didn't, um, he got the ball in the right position. Everything was set for him to score. He didn't score. So that's why I say he choked. He, uh, he had the opportunities. The, the deliveries, the assists, whatever you want to call them, um, to do and you know to, to capitalize and score, to do like the chicharito, and uh, you know headed or off the shoulder or whatever, but he he just didn't. You know, All right, uh, you know he didn't have a, a cold blooded finishing. Yeah, and it, and it happens, man. I remember not too long ago, Chivas had an opportunity. Uh, to qualify to Ligia, everything was lined up for them to to go in. All they had to do was win, and they just did not show up. You know, they they failed to win, and those are very painful moments because 
it's like everybody else did their job and what you know you guys didn't and and that really hurts you know it's it's easy to like win and do everything on your end and then be like, oh well all the other results didn't fall in our favor you know this team had to had to lose in order for us to qualify you know but we did everything we could you know it wasn't the case but i will say this and this is kind of for me this is just my hot take here i don't know if you guys saw on twitter but kind of pathetic by Querétaro thanking America for winning that match because they were concerned that, you know, had Pumas won the match, uh, they would have been left out of Leguia. So Querétaro and, and America became buddy buddies. I'm like, you can't be doing that, bro. You're a professional soccer team <laughs> and you guys might end up playing each other in Leguia. Oh, you guys are going to be best friends for one game? Like, come on, man. You shouldn't. That's pathetic. I think that's pathetic. And they, if they did, if they didn't match up against America, they're gonna have a mental disadvantage. Like they're gonna be seen as, oh, these are the guys that look up to us. Like we're better than them. And Querétaro is like applauding us as a competitor. Yeah, that's just that's weak. That's weak mentality. And they're like, and they have no. I mean, that's like clasificación is already crumbs, right? The panzazo type. <laughs> and they're all happy about this, man. They're all celebrating, like, uh, you know, barely getting into the Liga. But then not only that, depending on someone else and happy that someone else beat a team. Hey, man, playoffs is playoffs. Postseason is postseason. And, and you know, Querétaro have shown right. their true colors. You know, what's a superior animal? Uh, a gallo, a rooster, or an eagle? <laughs> <laughs> uh they 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 clearly showed who's at the top of the food chain uh with that tweet just i don't know i get it you know everyone on twitter now is trying to make us stink i think puebla does the best job as far as social media and and you know understanding like twitter and understanding like to be funny or to be witty but queretaro is a small club and they just got even smaller with that kind of tweets Oh, Mazatlan actually. Oh, I don't know. Mazatlan seemed to start the whole thing, man. They went all crazy. I bet. With their social media. Yeah. It was sort of cringe, too. But... <laughs> yeah. And they're like a smaller club than Puebla. Yeah, we talked about Mazatlan, how, you know, they just took over the Morelia <laughs> Twitter account and, uh, you know, just changed the logo and the name and. But kept all the followers and stuff. And, yeah, that uh, was so weird, man. And then <laughs> you they, wake up one day. <laughs> and then they just go and start talking shit about everybody. I'm like, oh, okay, that's how you're gonna that's how you're gonna do this. <laughs> and then Marilla has to restart their own page. I know, man. There's their own account, re- redo everything. And it's messed up because Atletico like Morelia is is back in business. You know, they're uh, competing in the uh, Liga de Expansión. You know, so they're they they did you know have to what's the word disband for a little bit but Morelia's back in uh, you know playing second division ball you know so it sucks that they have to start their Twitter account from scratch again. They got booed, man. Yeah, they started like the cracking and stuff. Hey, but we can't forget Chivas. Like they, they made they made some embarrassment stuff going on. What? English, oh, what? With what? Oh, the English account. Yeah. Inability to speak English, they're little like what? What was the thing that they said? Like some weird little phrase that they messed up in English, and everyone started. They, they used it on like a theme. 
I'm not sure. All I know is I don't follow the English account because it's cringe. Um, I don't even follow the the one that really upsets me is the Mexican national team in English. That's a terrible. Whoever's running that account's terrible. They're over here having like, uh, what's the best agua fresca or what's the best Mexican dish? You know, vote in the comments. I'm like, dude, what what does that have to do with the national team, bro? Like you're pandering. Yeah, that's, at this that's point. pandering. That's pandering to the poachers, right? Well, it's it's you know they hire it's because that's the thing with with you know FMF and Liga MX in general with, with the clubs, they don't take a lot of the serious, uh, you know the budget. I forgot who was telling us. I think it was Franco Walter Franco was telling us how much money they really put, and so it's 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 just they pay very little, and it's cheaper for them, which. I don't. I think not because I think there's a lot of pochos over here that would do it for free if they wanted to, man. Just turn into the in, just... intern. Uh, yeah, position. dude. They, they, they would. <laughs> like, who wouldn't do? Who wouldn't be like, hey, if you if you make it over here, um, you know, or or maybe like they could hook you up with some game tickets if you if you get down there. Like you provide your own uh, transportation. You could come in and, and catch a few games, but, uh, you know, or send them a jersey or something. But I know a lot of people would would do it for free because a lot of the English accounts, and, and I did this for a long time, they don't really pay just because so many people willing to to get their stuff uh, published and they'll do it for free. And and, and so you they could, if they wanted to, just put an ad, you know, and and. And they would, people will line up to to do that job. But I guess they're looking at it as like, okay, well, if we go and, and we go some advertising company, they're gonna charge X amount or whatever. But you don't need that, dude. A lot of times, some some kid, you know, like like just people that do these memes, they end up being more more creative than a lot of the advertising companies. Yeah, ourselves included, Cantina MX, every now and then with the, <laughs> with the memes. But so, yeah, yeah, I agree, man. Yeah, so they they'll hire someone from X, and there'll be someone that probably is not that fluent, or or just loses stuff in translation, and there's probably someone that's probably not even into soccer, you know, somebody's niece, somebody's nephew, and just like hey, just. <clears throat> just updated every day and they just probably do it while they're taking a shit or something. Just remember, oh shit, I have it. What what am I going to put? I was Frescas, dude. Let's do that. I do want to talk a little bit about America, you know. Uh, After that victory against Pumas, I started looking at the table and I'm looking at Cruz Azul, you know, 17 games, 41 points. And then 15 goals uh, uh, as far as the goal differential. And then I look at America, 38 points. Okay. Goal differential, 12. And then I and I start thinking back to like, yo, Atlas robbed them three points. They lost that game against, you know, because of a technicality. Yeah. So had it not been for that, America would have ended, uh, well, they would have been tied in points and tied in goal differential. At that point, I don't know who, what's the tie break? Um, well, they do head to head. 
Well, they tied head and, to head. Uh, if that was a tie, so <laughs> yeah, I think I does think it, it goes down to a coin toss, man. Because does that does then after that is the tie break like? I who, think it's goals sco- for. I think I think who scored more goals? Most goals. So then it would have yeah. been America. So then America would have won that tie break. It would have gone to three tie breaks. That's crazy. Okay. And yeah, because I know goal differential could be one of them, but also sometimes it's to, who scored more goals. Yeah. I know it's goal differential, and then I know it's head-to-head, and then I know it's like who, who scored the most goals. So, you know, in an alternate u- universe, uh, the ineligible player was not on the bench. America wins comfortably against Atlas. Cruz Azul are in second place. America's in first place. Atlas, who ended in seventh with 25 points, they would have they would have been uh, almost out of the year. They would have been in the 11th spot or 12th spot. Chivas would have been up. They would have been in that eighth or, or seventh spot. I mean, everything changes. Everything changes. So, uh, Wait, Atlas, yeah, Atlas ended in seventh. Yeah, they ended in seventh because of that victory. I mean, that was a big victory. Uh, they would have had 22 points. Yes, yeah, 22 points. They would have been right so there with Toluca they, and, and Querétaro would have been out. Been, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, they would have been. You're right. And it just it just screws up the entire like table. Uh, it screws up the entire repechaje and the potential you know um, match well, matchups. Uh, Pachuca, Pachuca would have gone up to seven and Chivas up to eight. Yeah. So Chivas would have finished pretty much where they finished last season. Yeah, a lot, a lot. Like you know, people look at that match like because it was you know somewhere, I think like around the midway through the season. Oh, it's not that big of a deal, you know. Like you know, those three points aren't going to affect the table that much, but it, it ends up affecting the table quite, quite substantially. Um, yeah, it was a big, it was a big boost for them, and and this is like we've we've said it here. The point of reference was when Tigres had an eligible striker. I think he was a striker, a Brazilian guy, and they actually played three games with him. And so what the league did was they just had Tigres replay those three games. Oh wow! And um, and but that guy actually played in those games, you know. Uh, with the America, the guy was just in the bench. Really, he was just registered, but he didn't play. I think they took him out in the second half when they realized, you know. But I think Orlegi, man, and that's this is I think some of the. Influence that is wielding their Grupo Orlegi, and and it says a lot of like where Televisa sat, where before you know, you you would hear all that talk about like that Televisa controls the league and everything's to their favor, but you see that happen. Uh, it didn't seem like they even tried to fight it, and uh, you know, un- unless they were like, let's let's do them a favor. <laughs> Let's 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 do the group Orlegi a favor, but um, yeah, it was it was weird how it all played out. Especially when you're in a rele- relegation battle. I mean, I know that relegation doesn't exist anymore, um, at least for now. But you know, uh, Atlético San Luis and Atlas were both uh, fighting for the points per game average, the coefficient. Uh, San Luis ended up in last place, averaging less than a point a game. But if you take away that that three goal, you know that th- that that those those three points that Atlas won by a technicality, they would have e- exactly ended at a uh, one point per game average over the course of a hundred and and six games, or sorry, a hundred and three games. 
they would have had 103 points. So um, it, it does affect a lot of things. And I don't know. I just think it was such bullshit, man. Like, <laughs> it is what it is, though. Yeah. It was crazy how it, it, it affected it affected all these other teams. So let's go over and, some. Well, and how it, how it ended up affecting, I should say. Yeah. I'm going to start painting the picture with some of these results. Atletico San Luis started off the match week 17 with a crushing defeat to Pachuca. They went in and scored five goals. They wasted no time. Within the second minute of the match, Roberto de la Rosa scored. They ended up scoring a brace in this match. With that victory, Pachuca end up exactly eighth. And uh, San Luis end up in last uh, in the coefficient second last in the in the league with 17 uh in 17th position and then on friday atlas also went off against necaxa teed off 5-1 victory for atlas cementing their position in seventh and they are also in repechaje necaxa end the season with 11 points in 17 matches what is going on over there? They fired their coach and they they brought back Memo Vasquez, <laughs> and uh, Memo's having a tough time out there, man. I remember he was uh, his first go around with Nick Oxa was a lot more positive, but it just seems like uh, he can't get it together this time around. Maybe it's the players. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, they sold a bunch of players, so that that definitely, and and they haven't really, they haven't really like um, strengthened their squad, so that's that's just like suicide. But I mean, this is the team that I guess they're they're not putting in money because of the of the potential buyout. You know, so if if that's true, and and so if that's happening, then it's 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 obvious they've been having some problems as far as like what what they could afford because it's like okay, how much? It's not just buying players; it's also being able to pay wages. So, what kind of squad can they afford? You know, because I, I don't criticize. Well, why why they sell these players? Because a lot of those players, their wages go up. The better they play, eventually their wages are going to go up. So check this out. It looks like there's some news about Nekaxa's plans. It seems like they are just going to continue to uh, clean house. Uh, Ian Gonzalez, Edgar Hernandez. I forgot Yair Pereira was part of that team. He's on there. David Cabrera, Martin Barragan, Mercado, and Francisco Acuna. They're all... Uh, rumored to leave the club. So, I mean, they're cleaning house, and it seems like uh, on the 24th of May, Nekaxa plans to present the plan uh, in regarding the foreign investing. So, I don't know, man. Maybe they got something up their sleeve. Yeah. I, I don't know if they're going to rebrand. I know, I know they said that they are not going to rebrand. They're not going to change the name or change the location of of Nick Cox, you know, they're in yeah. Alice Calitas. Yeah. But 
who knows, man? I mean, after this embarrassing, you know, season, maybe they're just gonna nuke the whole thing and and relocate the team or something. Go to go back to you know Mexico City or something. Yeah, nah, but okay. So I guess that's something for for Rayados fans to look. Um, Rayos, I mean, I should say Rayos. I said Rayados. Yeah, Rayos. for Rayo fans, Rayos fans to look forward to. At least they got that going. Not like Atletico, man. Uh, it's just been they haven't really done much since Atleti took over, and they're right at the bottom, man. They're sharing that bottom spot. Mm-hmm. On Friday, after that match, uh, Juarez ended up beating Toluca in a shocking upset. Juarez out of playoffs. But uh, it did help as far as qualifying Querétaro. Uh, Toluca stays in the 11th position with 22 points. They are in the year. Wow. On Saturday, things kicked off with Chivas. They ended up tying 0-0 against Tigres. A lot of noise, but not a lot of action. And in the end, uh, Joel, you mentioned uh, Chivas qualified ninth position. And uh, unfortunately, this uh, excuse of, hey, we know we were able to qualify Liga within the top eight, not this time. And uh, <laughs> we're going to have to use the repechaje as a crutch to compete. Yeah. Yeah, but see, even, even that, the ninth place, that's still better finish than what was it, the the pre Pelias days when the team was finishing eleventh, fifteenth, seventeenth. You know, um I do see a consistency still there with the club where it's like they're they're still, you know, um we're at least consistency of like Liguilla twice, even if it was under 12, I mean, under the 12 team expansion thing, but they still made it, you know, in the past, they would have, chances are high, they probably would have still not made it. So I, I think uh, it's too much complaining for my Chi hermanos that the more, the more they complain, the more that that name makes sense. I mean, you would, you would think just, just hearing the complaints that Chivas is a team that is like constantly fighting the top three or is constantly in the final. And it's quite the opposite, man. They've been on a on a ten year cycle for forty years. So I don't I don't know where they get this entitlement. This idea, man, where, yes, exactly. This entitlement. Uh and I know I get I get a lot of criticism saying that I'm I'm uh you know, I'm I'm settling for less or conformist. No, not really, because I do want Chivas to ultimately be that team, but you don't you don't just become that team overnight. You don't just just because you spend fifty million or just because you brought this doesn't mean it's automatic. You have to work for it. So as long as I see the team working for these goals and and achieving a lot of them, then I'm I'm gonna be cool with that. As opposed to just some of this madre in the past seasons where they were just switching coaches uh, mid-season or bringing in a coach with three games left and then, uh, oh, well, we're keeping him after all. And, and 
that's come on, that's that's more you know, that's that's kind of how bottom teams act, you know? So I'm 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 good, man. I'm I'm hopeful for this and there's some talk already for next season that they might bring one or two name name players that would bolster the team's defense. Uh yeah. There's been uh smoke some rumors. I think uh who was it again? It was uh Nestor Araujo. Yeah. Yes. I would love that guy. He's a stud. Uh he was part of uh Turco Mohamed's sort of uh project when he took over Celta Vigo. He he immediately uh signed Nestor Araujo. And he's been at Celta Ooh. ever since. Yeah, but I, I mean, I remember him from Santos when him and Izquierdos and that defense was really good and, and they won the league. Mm-hmm. And he was just, you know. Oh, yeah, he's a stud. He, like you said, he was a stud, man. So, and Chivas does need, you know, all the help. <laughs> I know people get upset about bringing back a player from Europe, but if Araujo's not, you know, performing or not getting the minutes that he deserves, you know. Going to a team like Chivas is a lateral or even an upgrade, you know, depending on his current situation. But, yeah, but see, and this is the thing also where it's like, like, um, I don't know why people see it that way. It's They're not the ones, you know, having to go and live in another country for X amount of years, <laughs> you know? Uh, so... Well, I don't ex- I don't understand that as well. Why you expect this player to be doing that sacrifice? There will be people that don't even give a shit about Araujo, and they're still gonna complain. And it's like, well, what do you care? It's not like you follow. It's not like you're watching this dude on the weekly, you know. So it's it's yeah. a lot. A lot of that attitude has more to do with this, you know, this this wanting to have more players in Europe, and because there's not that many. It's like 12 maybe or less than 10 just spread out across different leagues. So yeah, they, they throw a fit, but players return all the time, you know, from Argentines, Brazilians, check out the amount of foreigners in Liga MX. All of them, I guarantee you were like 70% returned, mm-hmm. returned from Europe, you know, um, Johnson, <laughs> Johnson, Johnson left Europe to come. I even Gignac. So it happens, man. It it happens. I don't know why. Why is this this attitude, man? Uh, if if you yeah. want to see, huh? Cheeky's what? The problem, the problem is when the like if, you, if a player goes to Europe and they don't get started starting, they don't they don't get minutes, or uh, you know they're they're put on the bench or doesn't work out as far as getting getting a look for the team that's one thing when you like so you sort of said like you're in another country that should have yeah. been some excuse like if you're homesick and stuff that should have been an excuse no you, i'm not you know, saying you're homesick food. but if you already spent two three years like who says you have to do your whole career over like you're saying the player doesn't have a say in his, in, you know, and how he wants to live his life. 
Like just oh, yeah. so well, that he won't be. I think where so he won't be considered a failure. Why? I think where Beto's getting at though is like the weak mentality because you look at Rafa, Guardado, Chicharro. They've had flourishing careers in Europe. They never, you know, got the. You know, they didn't get homesick. They they just couldn't. No, but you don't you don't you don't have to get homesick. It's like, all right, I did it. This is what I prefer. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. So it's not always home homesick. Look, there is some cases like Kikin. He actually told Martin del Palacio like he was hating it in Portugal, and he stayed like a season, uh, like you know. And there's been players like that that they just they just can't. Uh, you know, they just can't, it, it doesn't allow them to function. But if if you played good and you just, pref- like Salcedo was one of them, he was playing good, but his wife, even at his family, his, his wife wanted to come back, so he did it for his family. Uh, but I don't think that was, you know, I, I don't think it's always I'm homesick or I don't like living here. Well, I mean, yeah, it's not always that. It's but but if that ever comes into the what I'm saying is if that ever comes into the play, that's just showing the weakness of a player. Now, I'm not taking like, like the wife, you know, not liking the country, or I think it was Edson Alvarez. He was in a place where his wife couldn't or his family couldn't come. Right, he had to stay by himself. That's totally different. I'm talking about like if you're like a Landon Donovan, I guess was the biggest example where he missed his twin sister. <laughs> And everything, and he came back. He has a twin or, sister. Or things like that. What the hell? I don't, I don't know. Well, well, he, he left. Well, with him, he left really young. They took him to uh, to Bayern Leverkusen, I think it was, where they took him, and he was still young. But then he ended up, you know, once he was, I think, I don't know if he was with the Quakes or he just got in with the Galaxy, but he ended up going to Everton. And he played, I don't know if it was two or three seasons, he would go on loan, and he, he actually did good. But I, I think it does, some of it is homesickness, and some of it is having an option. Um, because I think, I don't, I don't think he has a European passport, and that just makes it more difficult for, for a player like him to move around. You end up being stuck in certain teams and certain situations. So I don't, I don't. I'm looking at Nestor's uh, sofa score. Uh, so take it with a grain of salt, but his average rating for this season, 6.75. He's had 30 games that he's played out of those 30 games. He's started 23 averaging about 72 points or sorry, sorry, 72 minutes a game. So, I mean, it's not having a terrible season, you know, it's just when you have an offer like Chivas on the table, you know, you've been in Spain for three years now. You know, this is kind of like a, a, a what's the word? A crossroad for him. He's twenty nine years old. He could probably still compete in your in in Spain. We we, we call we call Chivas a big team, but then at the same time, if a player returns, we call it we call it taking a step back. Well, I'm <laughs> so, just saying, like algo no cuadra. No, I'm not saying you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying a lot of fans go and okay. It's like let's see, playing for like a mid-range bottom feeder team in Spain or, you know, going to play for the second best team in Mexico. I don't know. Wait, what, what he, do you mean second best? What are you talking about? Because, <laughs> I mean, we're best what? in terms of titles, you know, America has 13. Oh, Chivas has, oh yeah. right, all right, all right. He's from Guadalajara too, so I'm sure that also has 
to his family. Yeah. We'll, we'll monitor that situation. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but we do know that Chivas are going to try and get some refuerzos for the offseason. My biggest question, though, um, I was talking to your Tokayo earlier, Cholito. He, and, you know, he's saying, hey, you know, so, you know, playoffs, it's kind of like a gamble. It's it's a crapshoot. You really don't know, you know, who's going to win. It could be the 12th seed, could be the first, you know. So should we assess Vucetich's performance just based on the regular season, or you know, if Chivas were to have a very successful Liguilla, let in terms of success, let's say they they repeat what they did last season with semis, would you would that salvage his his uh, performance this season as coach, or should he should he leave at the end of the season? No, for for me, it's not just I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't rate it like that. I would rate it overall like over the Colts set. And so if one of them was to get into at least repechaje, then then that was one goal that was met. Uh, another one was to to bring in players from Cantera, you know, and that that's difficult right there to to uh to have a squad and, and to train and qualify and you're using young and experienced players that's that's not an easy task so i think i think fans uh, forget about that a lot of times they they they, i don't know why they i i really can't explain it (laughs) too much too much fifa video games or it's easier but uh you know it's it's and then the whole performance it's it i think it's objective based if, if you're meeting the objectives and you're doing all of that because because as we said before, it's not just him; it's also Pelias. He's the he's he's above he's above um, he's above Buse as far as like the direction the team is going. Uh, and so, you would also have to say you don't think Pelias is doing a good job. So you you could have like a, a process. And it could be anywhere from two to four years. I wouldn't call it a disaster for one, for one season. You know, just because one season things didn't go right. Well, for me, it's just unfortunate that we had to rely on this new repechaje system in order to, you know, because it's not it's not as impressive when sixty percent of the teams. But, but again, ping, the, the you know, points from Atlas. Yeah, they might last points, man. This would have been it's another true. eighth, another eighth. It should have been, but I mean that was some BS. You know, I think it's like, man, you know, Chivas uh, in the last four games won three, and then they just drew, so they're on a four-game undefeated streak. Yeah. So it six, looks good. Six, it looks good. Yeah, but six points, uh, six points there, Jaime. They're literally they were literally six points. From being the third best team, that's just two games. Yeah, so and, I, I think and those earlier what, yeah those earlier matches came back to bite us, you know, losing to Atlético and losing to Juarez and you know the Mazatlan. Did, but, those those games see, those those end up hurting us, and that's why we were see, so frustrated in the beginning of the season. You know, that's what shows me the team's on the right path. That they're not that far from where they want to be. You know, so I wouldn't be 
tearing everything down just because uh, it, that tends to happen. I know earlier seasons, uh, back when there was, after Cota left, uh, you know, just having having the young keepers, uh, how they cost a couple, you know, a lot of points because they would have some, some gaps, some mistakes there, and they ended up costing the team. Uh, who was it? Toño? Was it? No. I know Michel. Michel, when he, uh, you know, when we had that fiasco where we lost Osvaldo after the championship and then Talavera got injured and then we had to rely on Luis Michel as goalkeeper. And yeah, like you mentioned, he just, he made a lot of blunders early on and, and we were like, I don't know about this guy, you know? And then he ends up, <laughs> he ends up being, you know, decent goalkeeper for Chivas and uh, sleeping with uh, the owner's wife. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> he was blocking Vergara too, man. <laughs> Snap. Um, but, I, I, you know, just having those those two young dudes, uh, Gudinho and, and Antonio there, that's, it hasn't been easy. Um, and so, but I, I think, I, I think what Chivas doing, like six, just six points away, they managed to unearth some, some some pretty good young players that that Boos has been giving playing time to, uh, and dude, six points you 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 get that you get yeah. you bring in an Araujo and then get one other dude and and that could be the difference, and so next season they could they could be actually challenging for top four, and and so I, you know people could be doom and gloom, oh they suck, but if if we're really seeing the stats, they're not that far from there. So I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm going to judge him because of this game or judge him. No, I'm going to judge the whole performance uh, overall. And I, I do think, and, and that's one thing also with Musa, that he's never, they never really, he came in and this just work with this, you know. Uh, he's never, yeah. he, he didn't get a chance to bring players. And, and, and I'm going to say this because we get a lot of the, you know, like people will say like, like the comparisons and so like Bielsa and I remember uh when Lazio hired Bielsa they even announced it and Bielsa sent him a list I want I want these guys <laughs> before the season before like I think before preseason start and then it was like preseason's about to start they hadn't gotten anyone he sent a second list and then it was like a week or something they still hadn't hired he just made an announcement hey I'm not I didn't sign anything. I'm not with Lazio. And he didn't go. He didn't go because he couldn't give him a player. And it happens. Uh, another good example happened with um, America when when uh, Leo Benhacker came for the sake. So the first time when he came, you know, he surprised everyone because he went and he brought two African players, you know. He brought uh, Bijik. And Kalusha, just this guy's players are very, they're very fun to watch, man. Not easy to say as a as a Chiva, but you know, but he surprised the league because normally you know they go for South Americans or he's doing and brought some Africans and he just built this this team and they they was like really good team to watch play just the way they played. Uh, but then when he comes back, uh, before he arrived. I don't know who it was in the directiva. They went and they just bought up, you know, they bought all these players. They brought in like five players. And, 
you know, Ben Hecker was like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> I didn't even, you know, he, he couldn't go on this safari shopping spree, man. And just, it didn't work out for him. He he was, that team was nowhere close to what it had been when he, when he first took over. And so I, I do think to an extent it could affect, you know, because if, if you like playing a certain way or you have a, player that's going to do a certain function or, or you know, cover a position because they might be lacking, it, you know, that, that could be a, a difference. And uh, he had to, like, I guess, tinker with the team. And I know people hated that. <laughs> it was, like, the, the main discussion throughout the season, like, that he don't know what he's doing. Yeah. He, he don't know what he's doing, and he was six points. From third place. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy, man. And it just goes to show how... I, I, d- another question is like, does this mean the league is more competitive? Or does this mean that this league is very irregular and inconsistent? And nah, I'm, I'm going to say competitive, man. I, I think we're stuck in the old... The old League IMX from back in the days when it was like... The big four, you know, you had, you had uh, America, Chivas, Pumas, Cruz Azul, and that was, you know, maybe from the seventies, somewhere in the nineties, and then it slowly changed, and we saw the rise of the Monterrey teams, you know, Tigres, Tigres, and and uh, Monterrey just come up, and all of a sudden, there's a they're the big spenders, you know. And then you have like Grupo Pachuca that just started doing things right and, and building maybe not every season, but every other season. Pachuca is, is, can be a com- very competitive team. Same with Leon, what they've been showing. And then all Grupo Legi came in, what they're doing with Santos. And now, now what they're doing with Arzo, I do feel that it's, it's it's become more competitive now where there's more teams now that are able to field field stronger teams than before where you had the teams that sucked just kinda always sucked. <laughs> and you you just kinda don't have that now. Like you could suck like Querétaro did, uh but or did like in the past, but then it's like you'll see them you'll see them going into playoffs or or fighting. It seems like any given Sunday, uh, a team will just, I don't know, or start winning games and you're like, okay, I guess this is happening now. You know, Puebla's in third place, you know, super camote power. It's crazy, (laughs) man. It's crazy. Oh yeah. Puebla's been doing really good since last season. Whoever is managing that team, and I don't mean coach, I mean managing the whole club, I should say. I think they're doing a good job. Yeah. And uh if I don't if I'm not mistaken, this all kind of kick started last season when they actually uh finished in twelfth position uh and then ended up knocking out uh Monterrey in the in the repechaje. And that was a big upset. And then that was the nail in the coffin for uh Turco for, for Monterrey. And then yeah. ever since then, Puebla have, you know, they, they start off on a high, Ormeño scoring goals, and 
You know, they're in third place. I will say, though, there's a very steep gap between third and second and first, you know. America and Cruz Azul, you know, have at least 10 points ahead of the rest of the pack. So there is some difference in, in level, I would say, competitiveness when you start looking at the top two teams. Yeah. And I yeah, guess... But... Uh, go ahead. No, no, yeah, I agree for those two, but then... But then even third is pretty high up there, so that the the difference from third to ninth is only six points. You know, it's it's not that's that's what I'm saying. Chivas is to me is is doing things right. They're they're close, man. They're they're right there where they need to be. And I do think as if they continue to work, they're, they're gonna get there. Yeah, so now I kinda wanna segue into the reclassification this coming weekends and i kind of wanted to hear your thoughts predictions on these upcoming matches you know santos uh fifth place team will play against queretaro 12th place team what do you santos what do you think you got santos yeah i got santos too the chick is livas is he working on his roof (laughs) chick is chick is where are you Roughly, roughly quiet I'm going to say Santos is going to take that as well. All right. Then you got Leon, who, need I remind you guys, had a terrible start to the season, but uh, finished strong. So Leon in sixth position against Toluca. I'm going to take Toluca. Leon. Oh. No, I I take the lion. I take the lion. To me, it's they're gonna. It's it's um, it's Nacho's. Here's his last season, and I know he wants to leave on a high note. They have and to I defend their title. Him. And they are defending their um, title, and I. Pumas Pumas went down in flames, so they're gonna go down in flames. They, okay. also, they also failed in. <laughs> yeah. They failed. <laughs> I like they, that. They failed in CCL. They failed in CCL as they well. They did fail in CCL. They did. Big. Yeah, it's it's. I think, I think when I when I because I'm, I've been a big fan of, of Nacho. I've been chilling for him, but his, his track record in international play, has been pretty poor. Achilles heel, man. He hasn't done good, but in league, in league is he's been really good. So. So you got Leon. Chiki's got Toluca. I'm going to go with Leon as well. I think that they they have enough to just beat Toluca. I don't know about the next round, but I think Leon will win. Here's a good one. Atlas versus Tigres. Atlas ended up in 7th with 25 points. Tigres with 23 in 10th. Yeah, and, and another similar to, uh, to Nacho because this is Tuca's Farewell, man. That's right. Duca is not the new directiva, the new guard. They just they want a clean slate. They want Piojo. They, they don't. Yeah, they just want a life after Duca, man. And um, I, and so it's already a done deal that they're not renewing him. And this could be. This could very well be the last games he coaches. He's up there in age. And unless he 
the bug bites him, but pretty much anywhere he goes is going to be a downgrade. As far as, like, you know, what he got paid and how much control he had over the club and all of that. So, and I was thinking maybe he'll stay as a directivo, but there's just too much beef there with, with, with the new, you know. Imagine him on, uh, on Tude N. Oh my God. <laughs> I would pay to see oh, that. Something like that, man. <laughs> but I just like let him lose. Like, he'd have to be on like TV stickers. He would have to be on like pay per view because he would be, yeah, he would not be uh, approved for over the air. But yeah, man. so so do I hear you uh, leaning more towards Dignes against Atlas? I don't know, dude. It's like a double edged sword there. Let's see what they finished in regular Where? season. In regular season, who won that battle? Dignes won two zero. This was back in yeah January though, so. A lot has changed since then. I, I'm going I'm to give it to them, but I still think it's a, the whole Duca controversy and all that could be a double-edged sword. So um, it could just sometimes cause extra cancha stuff, and we've seen teams collapse. I'm, out of the- I'm leaning with, with experience here. Tigres have been in this situation. I mean, they were the, the best team of the decade, right, winning the most silverware. Um. Experience matters in these situations, especially because it's a one. It's just a one-done game. There's no set return leg. I think Thetis will have the capabilities of handling Atlas. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I like to see, I like to see uh, Tuca at least leave on a high note. I know he. That's why I was like surprised he didn't leave after the club's World Cup. Uh, I think that that should have been his exit. But I guess he's not ready to to hang up his, his boots. So I got Tigres. Uh, Beto, who do you have? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can nope. hear you. Well, you oh. can, I can hear you now. Yeah, Tigres. My phone, my phone. He's got Tigres. Joel. Sounds like you were yeah. indecisive. No, I, I, I'm going to go with Tigres. I, I'm a little indecisive, but I'm just thinking, maybe overthinking it. But, uh, yeah, Tigres definitely favorites. And, of course, the last match, Pachuca. Chivas Pachuca will be hosting this match. Chivas will be on the road. This will be the last game at 7 p.m. on Sunday. That's East, uh, sorry, West Coast time. So it's a late match. Yeah. What does what does your heart say? What does your mind say? Oh. <laughs> well, Chivas' record against Pachuca hasn't been good. You know, it they just it's one of those teams like Pachuca Santos. They just seem to have their their number. Uh, but I do think I do think. Uh, oh man. In regular season, uh, they tied one one. This was in February. And where? But and it was where? In Jalisco. Yeah. See. Um. You know, I'm. I'm gonna. Actually, no. It um, was. It was in. Uh. It was in Hidalgo. Sorry. Yeah, I could see it going to penalties, but I'm. 
I'm gonna give Ooh. it to Pachuca, man. I'm gonna give it to Pachuca. Dang, bro. Wow. <laughs> what happened? I'm just shocked. That's why. That's why. <laughs> Wait, why are you shocked? That's why the Chief Edamano is criticizing you. Ah, well. You don't trust your sacred sacred grandma. It's not. I agree with you, though. I think think Chivas are going to lose it. They're going to lose it. Wow. Okay. You know that? That's fair. I, I could see why you guys would go for Pachuca. Not even to hate on Chivas, but just because of, um, I mean, the season that they've had. And also Vucetich. And also, yeah, it does not look good if you look at previous encounters. Pachuca has had our number. I remember the, one of the most painful defeats was in the Conca Champions Final where uh, we, we lost on penalties. That was painful. Um, oh, yeah. And then the one Calero when he scores. And then... Yeah, with our freaking academy players, because you know Mexico had pulled all our players from the national team, we still managed to get to Liguilla. We got to the semis against Pachuca, and we were what ninety seconds away from from going. So yeah, they didn't they had like four or five minutes of stoppage, and then Galero with a with a last ditch effort, man, and Pachuca win. That was painful to to see. And this, you know, this was back when we had no, we, that was like, I remember Chaton Enriquez, everybody was like, who the hell is this guy? We were just, you know, whoever was on Tapatio, we were just like, here, you got to start now because we have no players left. And uh, it was, it was a miracle, man. I mean, Chivas going that far was, was impressive and it really crushed my soul. So, uh, Tusos, they, they are not a team that I, I respect or like. Um, I do think that Vucetich <laughs> will, will, uh, he will, he will have them tactically ready for this match i think that he can get he this has victory an ace under his sleeve it's it, it's gonna boil down to what kind of game is alexis vega gonna have because alexis vega has been yeah, carrying this team for the last four fixtures you know what i mean so if he can go off i think that we can get a victory um i do think though or if, or if kg mac wakes up uh, he needs to wake up at the right time, especially if this goes to penalties. I hope that they practice their penalties because they, they I could see this game going to penalties. I honestly do. And then he, he went with penalties. Isn't JJ Mack like 50-50? Yeah, he is not. Half of the time. Yeah, I don't trust him. I just don't trust him right now. And I don't know what it is about Chivas, but it is so hard to find a reliable PK taker after Ramon Morales left. That guy... That was a guaranteed goal, man. He put it in the same spot every single time. Even the goalkeeper <laughs> knew, but he put it in such a good spot. It was impossible. Impossible to reach. And then when Ramon yeah, left and- the team, it was like, oh, Brian Bravo would take penalties, but they would always, he would always miss them. Chicharito would take penalties, and they were not always, you know. And it was just like we would go through this dilemma of who's going to be a reliable PK taker, man. We haven't had one. Man, yeah. At this, will come up. Don't worry, Jaime. At this point, Someone Reynoso or uh, Alanis, I would trust them more with PKs. <laughs> so those are the four matchups this weekend. Um, and, you know, I did a little bit of forward thinking, but, you know, if Santos takes care of, of Querétaro, if Toluca loses to uh, León, if Tigres beats Atlas, and then if Chivas get through Pachuca, 
the quarterfinals would be Cruz Azul Tigres, mouthwatering. Chivas America again in the quarterfinals. Oh, nice. Puebla versus uh, León, and then Santos versus Monterrey. So those could be potential quarterfinals. I'm getting ahead of myself, but, I mean, I think that the entire world would love to see a rematch between Chivas and America, and I know that they will. I wouldn't. (laughs) And and I know that they'll do anything possible to make that happen because this is the reason why we have Liga in the first place is for the money, for the TV ratings, and the kind of money, you know, the viewership that this would generate if this match. So I know that I'm saying this right now. Do not be surprised if you see some controversial, sketchy shit happen this weekend to make this possible. That's all I'm saying. I'm putting that on the universe right now. Oh, man. Let me put on my tinfoil hat. <laughs> it draws a lot of money, man. You don't yeah, want- I still remember that. Think about it. You don't want to see Pachuca America. No, no one's going to watch that on, you know, no. They want to see Chivas America. That's true. It's it's, it's the same way how when you look at, uh, you know, Mexico in the Olympics or in the, you know, Gold Cup or, you know, they always make it so USA will play Mexico in the final. They always do it, you know, so it's like. Well, I mean, they, 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 they put the bracket, but they don't. Yeah. I know they don't they don't they don't alter results but they they line it up so it could happen, you know what I mean? So Yeah, yeah, of course you want to. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, okay, okay. I can see where this is going. Uh I do yeah, have some those, those would be great yeah. games. I do have some player broad action. Uh congratulations to El Machin Edsel Alvarez. He has secured silverware over there in Ajax. Ajax are champions of Holland. And uh, yeah, like you love to see much it. Every, every Max player that goes to Holland wins. <laughs> it's just... Holland and Mexico have a very special relationship. Yeah. I look at all the tributes that PSV did to Guardado. Uh, they love Mexicans. And then, ironically, you know, we end up getting eliminated by Holland in the 2014, <laughs> you know, World Cup to kind of put salt, a little bit of salt in that relationship. But it's kind of like a, a a mutual bond that we share with Holland. I don't know what it is about that country and Mexico, but you know, we kind of have love for each other. And uh, more Mexicans to Holland, man. Yeah, that's where they should have sent trophies. Who finally he scored, by the way. So that's. <laughs> Always oh, stealing my thunder, man. That was my. <laughs> that was your next. Holland's got the. Uh, what does Holland have? What is what? What does Holland have about partying? The, they got weed like crazy. They got well, that's not a. That's, been, not, that's not the right combo for uh, trophies, man. I've been to I've been to Amsterdam, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. He, he would be there too. He would be there like all every day. The red light district. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. The, <laughs> the red light district. Not even for for what it's known for, but for the food. I don't know what it is about uh, Amsterdam, but that is the best place to get food. So. Uh, hey, before you continue, let me. Uh, yes. Since you're talking about abroad stuff, and uh, I can plug Martin the Palacios. Uh, what's it called? Este Bar podcast. Uh-huh. He does with uh, Luis Herrera. 
and uh, he's on Twitch also. They do it on Twitch. But uh, Johan Vasquez, he says, according to his source, going could possibly go to Europe, to Spain, but he doesn't know which team. Um, so and Pumas uh, supposedly supporting this move, and with the money they're gonna four sides. Okay. Oh, I might be some good, good news for Mexican national team. Good news for uh, Mexico in general, and for Pumas because they'll have some money to to get some offensive. I think they're looking at offensive. That's uh, Martin reporting. Yeah, we had actually talked about that on the pod a couple episodes ago about Johan Vasquez after the um, Olympic uh, qualification. Uh, there was a lot of rumors. Sevilla was one of the names. So uh, that's that's always promising. You you uh, you always want to see players rumored to Europe. Um, there's also I forgot to mention this when we were talking about Tigres, but. Apparently, Tigres are ready to throw some stupid cash at a another French player named Florent Tauvin from Marseille. So I don't know how involved Gignac is with this, but that is a, a rumor that's picking up steam. And that would be a big deal because uh, Milan, AC Milan, has had their eyes set on this kid. So imagine if another you know big striker in Europe ends up going to Tigres I think that would be pretty shocking man yeah well well not that Tigres could do that you know but uh, I'll see I'll see because you, you want to see also like why would they bring a player unless Unless the new coach already agreed with it, or maybe they don't care. <laughs> They're just doing this for Gignac. I'm sure Gignac has got to be involved in this somehow. I mean, it's Marseille, and it's also a French player, so I'm sure he's. I'm sure they're just buddies, and they're like, hey, you know what? Come to Thetis, man. I'm having a great time over here. I know it's uh, tempting to go, you know, play in Milan, but. Trust me, it's funner out here. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think Jignac is recruiting players at this point. Could be, and if he stays, he could he could end up, you know, in a in a position of like in the club, you know, like a directivo. Um, but yes, where they where they stay and they become influential, like. You had Valdano at Real Madrid, you know. You you see it a lot of times with some of the other clubs. They'll keep they'll, they'll keep some of these guys around. Wanna go back to the uh the big news there surrounding San Jose. Eduardo Chofis Lopez scoring his goal finally for San Jose. It's a decent goal. And then he immediately went to go celebrate with Matias Almeida. And uh, whoever took that photo, man, I just... <laughs> There's a photo of him hugging Matias, uh, Matias, and he just looks like he has just been hurt. Like, he just, you know, he's just celebrating with him, like, holding him, like, you know, like he's daddy. And uh, 
I just had to make a meme about it, man, and we put it on the cantina handle and uh Yeah, the picture's very telling, you know. He looks fatherly. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of like something he needs and I'm not you know, I'm not trying to knock on him. It's if it's finding it with, with Almeida, good good for him, man. Oh yeah. And my biggest knock on MLS is defending. I mean, there's a reason why Chicharito <laughs> scored five goals in two games. Um, but the defending in MLS is pretty bad. So, uh, I mean, I will not be surprised if Trophies takes this and runs with it, ends up bagging, you know, 10 goals, 20 assists this season. I mean, it's that kind of league where he would flourish, especially when you got the coach that has your back. You don't have to worry about the drama. You don't have to worry about press. You don't have to worry about paparazzi. You're in San Jose. Nobody knows who the hell you are. And... Uh, <laughs> You can go out and you can do whatever you want, man. There's, there's no, nobody knows who you are. You know, there, there's not a camera, man, following you around. So I think this is a, this was a good opportunity for him to just focus on, on football. Yeah. Well, it's the, the press more, more than anything that they're not going to be in the U S at least following to see what he does after a match and, and just to see what he, you know, try to get the tabloids so I, I think that that should help him but I mean I think his mentality too you know he's seen that as you're you're on the last he's like his last chance you know to to make to make a career out of this uh, just because I, I continue to say it's very telling that no team bought him not even San Jose. They have him on the loan. That's right. And not even like a year loan. I think it's like a, like a six-month loan with extensions. But it's sort of like, yeah, if it's, he's uh, fucking It's 18 enough. months. <laughs> 18 months? Yeah, it's a, year, I, I, it's a year and a half with the option to buy. Okay, I thought it was... I must have seen it wrong because I thought it was like six months. Yeah. But I mean... That it's a loan means they could just terminate it really easy, you know. So um Yeah. I, I do think he should he should just start taking it serious now, you know. Just no more showing up no more showing up at preseason ten pounds overweight. <laughs> While we're on the topic of San Jose, this is a Cantina MX exclusive in regards to another player that might be Mexican, his name's Cade Cowell. He's been making a lot of noise. Uh, he scored in the last two games, so he's got two goals. He's very fast, very athletic, and just uh, lightning in a bottle is the way I would describe him. Uh, I, fun fact, was actually there at his professional debut. He played in the nice. U.S. Open Cup against uh, Sacramento Republic. And I was like, who the hell is this kid? He looks like a baby. And I was right because he was only 15 at the time when he made his debut. Uh, he's only 17 right now. And uh, it didn't take too long for people to start Googling his name and trying to figure out you know, what he is because he looks like he could be uh, any ethnicity. And uh, it turns out that he has some lineage with, with Mexico. I think his grandma's yes. Mexican. And uh, oh, his mom, yeah, from oh, his mom's mom. side. And uh, yeah. I have this little sound bite that I want to play for you guys right now after the match 
Uh, they interviewed him, and they asked this. <laughs> Not too good. Not too good. All right, let's do it in English then. Um, how do you how do you feel? How do you manage? How do you see people already talking about you in terms of national team possibilities? If you will choose Mexico, you will choose U.S. men national team. How do you take that in? How do you feel about that conversation with your family and stuff? Um, honestly, really, it's whoever wants me more and whoever I fit into their system the best. I've never really got a chance in Mexico, but U.S. has been great for me so far, and they've given me a lot of opportunities. I got called with the U23s, and with the it was with the men's team too. It was all combined, so I had an awesome time there. So, really, just keeping all my options open right now. So he neither he neither confirmed or denied that he would play for Mexico. No, but he looks like they're already, he's already on the radar. Like the U.S. is already. What was that, Beto? Yeah, I guess. It would have to be a directivo that would be, that would lure him in. I don't know. I think Torrado is this. But I know we had Dennis to close. And I know that dude, He that dude would have, would have pulled the right strings. But Dennis is. He's with the Galaxy, so. Yeah, I mean, going off of uh, that interview and just his upbringing, I mean, he's he's more American than he is Mexican, but obviously just having that ability to choose between both countries, you know Mexico is looking at this kid like, hey, man, this could be like the biggest deal of the century. <laughs> <laughs> You know, send him gifts. Send him, you know, let's let's try he and looks, get him. Yeah, dude looks very athletic, man. He's seventeen. He looks he's six ripped. foot, and he's yes, he could still he could still get a bit taller. Uh, some guys keep growing until they're. He's tiny. only seventeen, man. Um, this guy's gonna yeah, turn into like the Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> but he seems, you know, and his mom played sports. Is that? I saw a picture of his dad, dude. His dad is swole. He's got... That's what I'm saying, man. He's got some cannon. So he comes from a family that's already, like, sports-driven and... and He's got the build. Knows knows what it's like to be, you know, professional and whatnot. So I I think that's a plus. Uh, Ironically, something that the Chofmeister was missing. Not his fault, though, you know. It's, it's, It's just random how... Life can be, but I think uh, he seems to have all the qualities to make it. Uh, I'm not saying to be big, but at least to to make it to make a career out of football. So yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to keep an eye out on this guy and see what ultimately where he ends up in. Yeah, yeah but I do think, and just really quick, I do think it's, it's something we're going to continue to see. Uh, more Mexican Americans just either going into to Mex or the U.S. or or um, national team, I say, or even clubs, and so this this kid's mixed. But um, we've already seen some other ones. Uh, Bornstein, he was his uh, his mom, I think, was was also Mexican. He played at Tigres, but he 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 suited up for the U.S. Uh, and then what was that defender? Boca Negra was was he Mexican? I, I think he's Canadian, right? No, Boca Negra, the, the... Canadian. He's Argentinian. I thought. I think so. Are you sure? 
Let me ask Google, man. <laughs> uh, Wikipedia um, says. It might have been Mexican. Actually, I don't know. Oh, Mexican descent. Yep, his dad. There you go. See, Chick, Chick is why you're uh, changing yeah. continents on me. You're, you're, you're oh, it's uh, Marcelo. Too far back. Marcelo you're thinking Balboa, and, and Balboa, they yeah. had like Tabaré Ramos and all those dudes. But I'm, I'm saying we're gonna, we're gonna see. There's, there's uh, what the homie, right? He was born here, homie, and, he, and he went to play in Mex. And there's been a couple Chivas that, they were just born here too. Uh, what was that Goal- goalkeeper, right? Um, the Moises Munoz speaks like perfect English. Redwood City. Yep. So it's something where, and I know people hate this. Like, oh, I seen a big criticism. Oh, you guys talk too much about MLS. You really can't ignore it. You 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 ignore it, and you you're gonna become ignorant of a lot of stuff because it's inevitable. U.S. Mex matches at all levels from under 23 or not even from under 15 all the way to the senior team, uh, the clashes between clubs and CONCA champions and the eventual Super League. So you just can't ignore it, man. You just can't. <clears throat> well, I mean, you can't, but if you do, you're just gonna, you're just gonna miss out. And then you see all the big you know, names that Chicharo, Vela, you know, all these guys that are even now Chicharito. So you, it's, it's just too much there now. It's, it's too big to ignore now. Yeah, when I look at K- still. Oh, go ahead. I was saying I have my doubts on the Pocho. It's, <laughs> quality. it's a long stretch. But when I look at uh, a player like K, he's built. And, uh, you know, I look at a, a photo of Diego Lainez, you know, when he was at America. There's a photo of him recently at Betis, and this dude looks oh, like yeah. he looks all swole. He looks like uh, he ate the original Diego Lainez, and, you know, <laughs> he, he, dude, he looks good, man. I'm like, damn, man. And I'm like, what is it about Mexico and physical training and the lack of it? Because, you know, when they go to Europe, they, they peck on pounds, man. They, they get built. Yeah, uh, I think he's wearing he's wearing small clothes. Man. Even if you're wearing small clothes, dude, he's you've he's, he's wearing the he's wearing the shirt that has like muscles drawn into it. Ah, oh, no, come on, man. The photo angle, dude. No, I'm... he wasn't. He wasn't totally weak. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with something like Ron said because it's for the most part is is the player. So if a player wants, he will get like that. And we've seen players that are, like, in very good physical shape, like Pulido, you know, and, and there's been other guys. But I do think the clubs, I, I think they probably just they don't focus on, on that whole physicality as much, you know. But I think because I, I, the game is also a bit different than, like, Europe, where they're more likely to play in – colder climates and whatnot and in Mex where you play and it's hotter, humid, the different uh, altitude. So it's, I guess it's not as important, you know? I understand that. I know it's a different climate and all that, but still, man, it doesn't hurt to do some, some physical training. (laughs) 
I think you know after he got punked. Remember when we played at uh, USA, and uh, oh, the, the Masinga guy. He got punked by that dude. He you know called him a shorty. He's like, oh, that's it. I'm going to the. I'm going to start bench pressing. You know. <laughs> I, I don't hey, even hang know up a hang up, a pull up bar or something so you can grow some inches. <laughs> I mean, it's not gonna. And then get stretched out. He's not gonna. Yeah, he's not gonna grow an inch in height. He's still gonna be shorty. But uh. Yeah, you know it's a. It was a I mean, gamble. Even with America, though. Huh? Even with America, if you remember when he played with America, this the dude, the way he plays, especially cutting and then. His legs weren't no skinny. He wasn't. He didn't have skinny legs. Man. He had some strong thighs and stuff. Um, so like, he was he was built even before. Like this is in my final form. But uh, yeah, you know Diego. I was a little bit skeptical about him choosing Betis over Ajax, especially because that season Ajax ended up going to the semis and Champions League, having an incredible run. But uh, you know, it seems like. He's been doing well at Betis. He unfortunately he got injured, so he's he's been he has been active. Um but you know, the gambles it's it's paid off. I don't see him coming back to Mexico anytime soon, that's for sure. No, I mean if he stays long enough in Spain, uh once he gets his EU passport, you know, and if he's able to at least Stay in at a good competitive, you know. I I do think he'll he'll be a he'll be in good demand. Uh, one last piece of news before we go to our closing thoughts. Uh, big news surrounding Mazatlan. Tomas Boyle, it will not be continuing as coach. He left. Put up a good fight, though, man. They were well. It was just goal differential that that ultimately did him in, huh? From repechaje. They got close. I mean, I'm not sure how much better you could have done. They're not a team that is necessarily got the players that can compete, but they missed out by. Goal differential, you know, 21 points with, with Querétaro. They just had one more goal conceded. Uh, I think it's a little bit unfair, but that's just how it goes in Mexico, man. The the coaching carousel. Yeah, but at least this one, he finished the season. Uh, probably he wanted to leave, you know. It's a good, it's a good chance. It's a good, uh, it's a good Possibility, I should say that he he didn't want to stay there. So who knows? Who knows? I, I think I, I I don't think boy sucks the way our a lot of people have claimed. Oh, it's not easy, man. So another another coach that will be available in the off season. We have Duca. <laughs> We have Piojo. We have Tomas Boy. Wow. Nah, boy, boy, boy is going to be like that Bombero type. You know, he's... he's. We got Nacho. Nacho Ambriz. 
No, Nacho wants to go abroad, and he, he's he been talking about it for a while. He doesn't care if he goes to second division, you know, as long as he goes abroad. So I hope, I hope he has something worked out. You know, it's funny, Tuca, Nacho, and Tomas Boy have all coached Chivas at one point in their career. <laughs> Shit. All right, there you go. Uh, but yeah, that's all we have for tonight. Do you have any closing thoughts before we wrap up episode 283? Yes, I'm going to just repeat it. Six points from third place. That's that's how close Chivas was, uh, despite looking bad and having all these... Um, that's know, pretty problems. scary. So I think that I think that uh, Pelias is on the right path, so I, I have mad mad faith in in uh, you know as they calling him El Pelias, and uh, I think uh, I, I like Busa, man. I know I know it's boring, but I I like that dude. I think uh, I, I'll I'll keep him a bit longer. All right, we'll see how you feel after the game on Sunday against Pachuca. All right, talk. I mean, thoughts would be the same, dude. Chivas could, <laughs> could get washed, dude. I'm not, I'm not budging, man. My, I'm, my, my cross is gonna be that six points from third place. Yeah, it's so crazy how two games go your way and it's a completely different table. <clears throat> but want to thank everyone for listening tonight. We will be. I've uh, been. I mentioned this last podcast, but we will be opening up Twitter spaces uh, after we find out who will be the remaining teams after this reclassification. So make sure to tune in next week. We'll start announcing all the details and uh, we'll see who will come out of this, uh, you know, was it like D plus D minus passing grade? We'll see what teams manage to uh, salvage some next round opportunities in the quarterfinals. But thank you all for listening tonight. And make sure to follow us on our Twitter account. We'll have a poll there so we can hear your guys' thoughts on who will win these upcoming matches on the weekends. Hope everyone has a great night.